0: Hello and welcome to Series 6 of the Bible and Me podcast by Preset Ministries. We hope this podcast can bless you in your day-to-day life as you listen to a range of testimonies about God's faithfulness within the lives of so many. The views expressed in this podcast don't necessarily reflect that of Preset Ministries
1: UK. But without further ado, here's the podcast. Well, I am really um, privileged actually to be welcoming uh Ian Gray to the program today. Uh, Ian grew up and was educated in Surrey and on leaving school found himself a little bit unexpectedly uh, studying divinity at the other end of the country in Aberdeen in Scotland and and was the president of the student council in his latter uni years. Uh, Since leaving university in the late 80s he's worked uh, for both uh, Christian and secular organisations including Scripture Union, the American company Gillette and also the Japanese company Oki. Uh, Towards the end of his time with Oki, he sensed a very strong call to full-time ministry. And he is now the pastor of People's Baptist Church in the Scottish Borders, about an hour south of Edinburgh. He's married to Lindsay. They have three grown children, Kirsten, Gillian, and Callum. Ian has a variety of interests, including archery, astronomy, woodworking. Uh, He classifies himself as a sci-fi geek uh, and naval historical fiction. He also enjoys preaching, reading, and eating although to look at him, you'd never know that. Uh, <laughs> he does not much like admin, planning or having difficult conversations, probably like the rest of the UK. Um, welcome to the program, Ian. Thank you very much. And I understand your second name is Kenyon, which is quite unusual.
0: Yeah, yeah my middle name. Um, it, it's it's not one that I, I use very often just because I've always felt slightly uncomfortable with it. It's such a, a, a well, a, a ridiculous name in many ways. My parents were both brought up in Kenya, born there, and they wanted to uh, to cling on to something of the country, obviously, so they gave me this as a, as a middle name, Kenyan. Yeah, very
1: odd. Yeah. Now, so Ian, how did you come to faith, and why do you follow Jesus?
0: Well, I'm, I'm very privileged that my parents were both very committed Christians uh, and so I, I grew up in a family where uh, Jesus was was a part of that family and I've, I've really never known a time uh, when when I didn't know Jesus uh, I accepted him as as a friend from a very early age um, I did actually make a commitment I'm told I don't remember the, the event because I was four at the time um, I was doing uh, some very young Bible study notes from SU with my dad one evening, Simon and Sarah notes, and uh, I believe there was something at the end of, of one evening's notes that said something along the lines of, If you'd like to become a friend of Jesus, why don't you say this prayer? And I said, Oh, can I do that, Dad? And and did. Um, and I think as, as many children who, who've, many people who've become, Christians at an early age do, you know, I repeated that commitment frequently through my uh, my my growing years. Thinking, oh, was it was it genuine? Did I really mean it? Um, but uh, it 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 was a a real privilege that I accepted. Although it took me a long while to realize that actually not having a before story was okay. You know, there are lots of Christians in in that position. You hear the, the most wonderful testimonies of. Uh, of people who who've led outrageously uh, uh, sinful lives and come to faith and, and their their transformation is is very apparent and i don't have that story uh, and and sometimes i I regret that and then I kick myself and, and think, what are you talking about? what an extraordinary privilege to to have have known jesus for for that long. Why do I follow jesus well? Why do you breathe?" I mean it's just why would you not it's again it's very hard i think having having known jesus all my life to answer that question in a in in a way that that is not kind of well but but there is no alternative he he's he's lord so of course i'm going to follow him
1: yeah 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 um Now, I understand that you, uh, growing up, you you went to a number of um, SU camps. Um, So my question is, why were they, and why do you think they are important today? I
0: um, I was an only child. I am an only child. And so... For me, as much as I loved my parents and I had a good relationship with them nevertheless um, holidays were at, at times a bit of an ordeal uh, going off to, uh, to to be in a caravan a small caravan with your parents as an only child for, for two weeks in the middle of the field was not a bunch of fun so by the time I came to my uh, my um, teens or tweens or whatever it was um, and I was old enough to start going to to camp it was just a wonderful thing i I used to uh, hugely look forward to that every year, both at Easter and summer. I would go to camps and it was um i think really seminal for me, both in terms of <laughs> clinging on to my sanity but also for my for my spiritual development and and maturity um, really really helpful and uh, and I know that that is the 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 case for countless people um today still su camps um in uh well throughout throughout britain north and south of the border um are a, a really important place for for our children i, I think this is a ministry that, that really needs to be held up in
1: prayer and encouraged mm, wonderful now uh you um you retook your a-levels uh, i understand and uh, you really wanted to study medicine Uh, but were not in a position to do so, Uh, you ended up studying divinity at Aberdeen, way up in Scotland, up on the East Coast there. Uh, So I've got two questions, really. Why divinity? And how did you become uh, the president of the student council in your time there? How did that happen?
0: Okay, well, why divinity, which, just in case anyone's wondering, is the Scottish equivalent of theology, Uh, although Scottish universities have a slightly more vocational hint to them because they tend to be full of church of scotland candidates um training for, for ministry at those at those universities um why that as you say i wanted to do divinity and uh, couldn't get in i didn't have good enough grades for that or oh, medicine well, do you wanted to do medicine uh, so? sorry, I, uh, yes yeah <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't do medicine um and so i started looking around for for courses that i thought might have some echoes of that 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 would share some of the uh, of the things that that appealed to me about medicine dealing with people and so on and i looked at psychology and a few other things and but then i came across divinity in a prospectus and i just read it through for a laugh but the more i thought about that and prayed about it i thought actually this would be really interesting learning more about about my faith about what i believe um, learning uh, about a, a whole bunch of uh, skills in terms of communication and dealing with people and so on that, that were, were things that, that really uh, were were interesting to me and so I applied uh, to that to the University of Aberdeen which had a really good reputation uh, as well as psychology at a couple of other places and uh, i had been... Uh, accepted by Aberdeen before I even heard back from the other places so I thought well I'll take that as a, uh, as a sign from God that I should go ahead and do that. Um, I, I enjoyed that, that time at university, I enjoyed the Divinity course, in fairness I probably enjoyed my time at university as much for, for all the, the peripheral student stuff that you do uh, as well um, and a key part of that for me, not, not the only thing but certainly one of the things I did was get involved in student politics from a very early point. Um, the unions in in student unions in, in Scotland are split up uh, into into different bits. So the union per se, which does all the entertainment and the drinking and the, all that sort of stuff, is a, is a separate body. Well, the, the the student representation side of things and student politics and student welfare uh, is uh, is a well, senior student body. We always used to to uh, tell people. Um, and I got involved in that, and it was just both very interesting, um, but also doing something very important, uh, both in terms of involvement with student welfare, and you, you will be aware that, that students have all sorts of uh, of uh, issues facing them as they go away from home for the first time, going through all sorts of stuff. Uh, that. Um, those sort of groups ha- play a very important part in, in caring for, um, but also the, the political side of things. I've always uh, believed that Christians have a, an important part to play I- in politics, um, and I, I'm not going to tread into any parties because there are Christians involved in, in every party, and and they're motivated uh, into whatever their political. F- flavor beliefs are by their their faith as, as they interpret it um, and that was that was a very formative time for me um, so yes it was a, a great privilege being involved as a, as a student leader in that way
1: yeah now you left uni in 1990 and you went to work uh, as a sound engineer for Scripts union and then as their IT systems analyst what are your memories of your time working there
0: SU. I mean, I'm obviously biased because I grew up in the SU family. My my father worked for for um, the, the the organization, and I did for a, a, a long while. Even before actually being employed, I did a lot of summer jobs with them, and so I've known them a long time. Um, it, it's it's a great organization. It, it does a such a wide range of really exciting ministries um, working. With, with children working in, in schools, working um, with churches, the publishing side of things, the whole, whole range. It's, it's a, a tremendous um, ministry. And so it was a great privilege working uh, with uh, them. Uh, working for any Christian organisation, I think, brings its own challenges, even when you are in the um, even even if you're in the, the sort of support staff, the back line, um, rather than the front line evangelists and schools work and so on, you're still a, a professional Christian. Uh, and interestingly, one of the one of the real challenges that that brings is that you hardly ever get get the opportunity to meet any known Christians, um, and so that 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 got a bit frustrating after a while mm. um, because. Most of the time, you're, you're pe- talking to people at home. Well, my family were all Christians. Uh, at work, they were by definition all Christians. Or at church, again, uh, were all Christians. So um, that, that that was limiting, but it was it, it was a good time and uh, for a, a, a young young man exploring what he wanted to do in the world. They they were great.
1: Now, after your time with Scripture Union, uh, you went on to work for Gillette, um, which I guess we'll know here in the UK as a razor company, but it probably does lots of other things, um, from 1997 to 2002. And then you worked for the Japanese company Oki, which I guess we know here as a printer company. Uh, What led you to leave Scripture Union? I mean, some people may think, you know, you're working for an amazing Christian organization. Why would you ever want to leave them? Um, And so why did you leave them? And then how did you live out your Christian life working for two large secular companies?
0: So I think um, part of the issue um, at SU was, as I said, just this frustration about like any non-Christian contact. Um, we were also, we just had our uh, first child, Kirsten, um, and living in um pretty tight accommodation and so um to try to uh, get into a, a, a bigger family home um we thought well maybe now is the time to to branch out into in, into a secular company um and that that was a, a a good uh decision I'd also switched from sound engineering at SU uh, to IT, still within SE they trained me up but I, the, the the potential for development technically there was was slightly limited so I um, left and joined this big company and that was obviously a, a big change um, moving to a big multinational company like Gillette, um, very different Uh, style I guess from from the quite family cosy feel of SU to a much more formal business setting which I actually really enjoyed too. Um, Lots of opportunity to uh, travel um, both within the UK and and around Europe and to America where, where Gillette were based. Um, so lots of of great opportunities there for a, a a young man uh doing a lot of these things for the first time uh, and uh developing business skills uh, and getting training for for that uh, as well as as technically within i t so um, again that was that was a a privilege Occ- occasionally occurred to me. This is a slightly strange career route I'm, I'm taking from divinity, science A-levels, to divinity at university, to sound engineering, into IT. I thought, what, what's all this about? What's what's God doing here? But anyway, I, I got on with it. Um, and then uh, we Gillette reorganised its structures, and uh, I had the opportunity to, to take voluntary redundancy with them, moved uh, up. To Scotland, uh, where my wife is from, and joined Oki, uh, another big multinational company. Although, um, that's time with a, as you said, Japanese uh, background, so that's a, a different set of, of cultural um, stuff going on within the company, mixed in with Scottish cultural stuff as well. So, you know, a real blend hmm.
1: um,
0: and, and doing. A very similar role in Oki to what I did in in, in Gillette, um, looking after their their IT infrastructure, mm. which was was great. I really mm. enjoyed that. It was a it was a hobby as much as a, as a job.
1: Mm. And being Christian in those organisations was that were there other Christians in the company? Um, how did you find that?
0: Um, the, there were very few other Christians, at least that I was aware of. Yep. Uh, sometimes you 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 hear of, of Christians working in companies where they've they've got together with a bunch of other Christians mm. and are, are having Bible studies and things, and I don't think I ever found um, sufficient people in 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 either of those two to, to do that. Mm. Uh, people knew I was a Christian. Mm. Um, I wasn't I, I wasn't going in and um, witnessing to Christ every day in, in my in my words and and. Uh, you know outlining the gospel on every opportunity i wish I wish I had been but i I, I wasn't but hmm. b- but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't shy away from it hmm. um, there were there were certainly uh, challenges um, I, I don't think either in in neither of those companies were there times when I was asked to do things that were um, unethical or
1: yeah Against Not your that. Christian faith, or no yeah. no, yeah, yeah,
0: But nevertheless, um, th- there are there are always opportunities to to, to act in ways that ideally um, display the fruit of the yeah.
1: spirit. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, Some
0: of the time, I did that. Yeah, very good. <laughs> I'm sure all, I right.
1: all the time. Yeah. Now, after about four or five years working for Oki, you started to get a bit restless. Uh, I understand. And question sort of what you were doing with your life. Um, h- how did this happen? And, and what did you do with this restlessness? Uh, and where did it lead?
0: So I, I, I got to the point in my late 30s when I, I having enjoyed my IT career for, for all that time, suddenly I started thinking, what are you doing here? You know, you're, you're in middle management for a a Japanese printer company how exactly is this benefiting you or the kingdom of god uh, and I, I really for the first time in my career begin to, began to begin to to sense a real dissatisfaction uh, with with what I was doing which ca- came on quite suddenly um, at the same time um, I, I had been Preaching in my my local church, the the church that we moved to in uh, in Scotland, and a, a few people uh, had started saying, "Ian, you know, I wonder if you should think about doing more of this preaching business. Should should you think about actually exploring a, a call to, to pastoral ministry? Um, including to my astonishment, Lindsay, my wife, who because I'd done divinity at university, you know that that notion had come up uh, a few times over the years just very briefly before being very very rapidly locked away in the in the darkest dungeons of our uh, of our life again um but but she actually brought it up um plus you know various other things happening i've been reading a book by rick warren um the American pastor, um, who's best known for for his his book Purpose Driven Life, well, he, he's also written one called Purpose Driven Church, which talks about his his own uh, journey into ministry and and uh, planting and establishing Saddleback Church out in California. And I found that book extraordinarily I- inspiring and challenging. And I just every page I, I read, I thought, you know, I don't want to be doing this. This this would be. Um, this would be so engaging and challenging. And so, as well as a few other things that I won't go into, just a whole series of events all happening at the same time, but that gave both me and Lindsay uh, uh, an increasingly strong sense that God was saying, time for something new. And and that's not something we wanted to do, frankly. Hmm. It was Hmm. very inconvenient. Um, It was entirely the wrong time for our our kids in terms of their, their education uh it would mean leaving a very comfortable uh life on a comfortable i t salary and and going back into education and then going into a a, a pastor 's salary and you know none of that is 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 very enticing in many ways and so we fought against this for for a a year um but eventually we just had to Give up, and it, because we just had such a strong sense of God picking us up by the scruff of the neck and saying, "You know what I want you to do. Can get on with it."
1: And wow, so we, we wow! Did. So you found yourself in a position where you couldn't say no anymore. Absolutely, you, you'd run out of excuses, and you said, "Okay, Lord." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, fantastic. Now, you went to the Scottish Baptist uh, College in 2008. You were there for two years. You'd studied divinity at uni. So I think, you know, they sort of reduced the time for you there a little bit. Uh, fully anticipating at the end of your time there to go straight into a position within a church, maybe. But it, it wasn't like that, was it? Um, what happened and what did you learn about God during that time?
0: Yeah, it wasn't like that. It, was, it, it took us a whole year of uh, exploring other churches um, going to to preach and finding that you know when you went to that church either we we rapidly realized that that wasn't the right church uh, for us to be at or they knew that it wasn't the right church or or both Um, and that was was challenging I, I think we recognized Over the the course of the year, I think we had actually set out some fairly clear, um, uh, some fairly clear guidelines, limits for where we were prepared to go. Um, you know, we thought, well, okay, we're we're not going to take a church up in the, 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 the highlands or off on an island somewhere or in this town or that town. And, um. After a while, uh, I won't say how because it, it would it would be too awkward for, for for various reasons. But we came to realise that actually we're in no position to tell God where to send us.
1: <laughs> uh, and, uh, Good decision. <laughs> <laughs> and,
0: uh, so at, at that point, you know, we, we our eyes were kind of open. And we thought, oh, okay god sorry we've we've bungled that Uh, what do you want to do we actually explored with bms world mission um
1: baptist mission society
0: correct yeah whether um there was a a a possible work to do with them and we we got quite close to um to exploring uh, um going out to nepal with them um and for various reasons that that didn't work through um uh, as which in some ways is a shame because BMS is, is an amazing organisation, it's, mm. it's brilliant, but that that didn't happen. Mm. But but the end result was um, just a reinforcement of hang on if if we're prepared in theory at least to go to Nepal, w- wh- why wouldn't we go to anywhere, frankly in this country, uh, and it, it, and 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 we. Did specifically say that to God, and it was only at that point when he kind of broke that slight ar- arrogance in us um, that the, the the next step in the journey became slightly more clear. This was right at the end of a year of searching, um, and, and we were increasingly thinking, "Oh, good grief! What are we going to do? Have we misunderstood this call completely?" Um, and we were introduced to uh, the church in Peebles this little little church in a small town in the Scottish borders um, who ha- were vacant but but hadn't even really begun the search for a pastor yet um, but um, we were invited down there um, to 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 preach and Extraordinarily, because this was this was, a, as I say, a small church, an aging church, um, with no established youth ministry. Um, they were singing along when we got there to um, to CDs. They didn't have a, a band or anything like that. Uh, and compared to some of the churches that we'd visited through the year, with with you know big lively congregations and thriving kids work and so on, and in those, our, our kids would always come out and say, "Oh, I didn't like that." And we came out of this service in, in Peoples, and the kids said to us in the car, That was great, wasn't it? We thought, What? Um, and, and so, this, this relationship with, with Peoples, it, over a very short space of time, um, developed very, very clearly to the point where we thought, You know what, well, this, this feels really right. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, w- within a, a couple of months, people's had uh, invited us down uh, a few more times and finally to, to come and preach with a view and
1: uh, to take on the out. church yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah amazing now you've been you've been at people's Baptist for eight years now eight something, something, years, something yeah. like that yeah. um and in twenty nineteen um you started a church and community building project uh because you don't have your own church there. Um, we've
0: got a church we don't have a building
1: you don't have a building i mean forgive me okay. forgive me yeah you don't have a building my, this is one of my bonkers. no and I, i'm with you i'm with you i'm with you on that um and so i mean that this is an amazing thing to 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 you know obviously fundraising and finding a location and, and everything so tell us a little bit about the project and has it all been plain sailing <laughs> I,
0: wish, I, wish. I i've yet to meet anyone from any church anywhere ever who's been involved with a church building project that has been plain sailing no i mean it's very exciting we are um as you say we we've actually been homeless as a church for for the last 30 years uh, and sometimes that's been great and actually the number of of times i've been to 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 christian events and uh, other clergy have come up to me and said, "Oh." Peoples, you, you don't have a church building, do you? How wonderful for you. <laughs> um, and, and I understand that because clearly many churches are, are, are saddled with buildings that are yep. an albatross around their necks. But the time, we, to cut the story short, the time came when God was clearly saying to us, okay, now is the time to build. Um, we've We've got a, a, a vision in, in Peebles, a heart for the south side of, of the town. Peebles is, is a town that is split in two by the River Tweed uh, and the population of about 10,000 is, is split pretty much equally between the two. Um, on the north uh, there are um, all the shops, um, the, the theatre, the sports centre, um, all the, all the community facilities and all the other churches on the south half the population but in terms of community facilities there is there is nothing well there is a corner shop uh, and that's it uh, and um so we've we've long felt that the the need to be good news on the south side of peoples mm, fantastic um and mm-hmm. so we we have a bit of land there um we started building uh at the beginning of last year 2019 uh and um we kind of naively hoped that the whole thing would be done by now um, but we, we had a number of challenges last year which which really pushed back our, our time scales. But the, the, the foundations are all in, the, the groundwork is done, um, the uh, steel frame for the new building is is uh, sitting on our land waiting to be uh, assembled uh, and uh, so as soon as we've got the, the enough money for that next stage um, we'll be able to put that up, um, get a, a watertight shell, and then the the internal fit out I hope, should should um, continue fairly quickly. Mm. It's you know it's a million pound project, which in the scheme of church building projects is is relatively small beer, but but for a, a congregation of forty members, yeah, that's, that's huge. That's a big project.
1: That really is. That really is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and good on you. you. I mean that that is fantastic. That that you know. God has led you to do that. You know, as you say, half the population of the town, but very little facilities. And to, to do that is just amazing, and really amazing. We
0: have been so encouraged both by, by God through all this um, and his faithfulness and, and the strong sense, despite the hiccups that, that come along. a strong sense that this is this is not our idea this Mm. is God's and Mm. and he will make this happen in his time Mm. but also the encouragement and support from from the community who um, have actually been really behind this Mm. this project which is Mm. very
1: exciting yeah yeah fantastic now um, I understand you have a lot of interests Um, we could spend five hours talking about all your different interests (laughs) Um, I'm going to pick two because uh, they're a little bit unusual. Um, tell us about archery and tell us about woodworking. And I'm assuming you don't uh, perform your archery on rebellious people within your congregation. <laughs> <laughs> as tempting
0: as it may be. <laughs> um, archery, I, I learnt archery uh, when I was uh, at primary school, which longer ago than I care to to remember. Um, didn't have a chance to do it again for a long time and then when we moved back up to to Scotland to um, the Stirling area I got involved with archery again for a couple of years and then we moved to Peebles uh, and there was no archery club there which was, was very frustrating so after a few years of of frustration um, I thought well oh, blow this we'll, we'll, we'll start one and uh, so uh, <laughs> put an ad in the, in the local paper and uh, got together a bunch of other people who were interested and, and uh, Tweeddale Archers uh, <laughs> has now been going for, for three years. Uh, archery is a great sport. It's, it is such an accessible sport. There is no other sport that I know of um, that uh, maybe you'll get cross-emails uh, from people saying oh my sport can do this but where you can have um, old and young, complete novices and experts, men and women, able-bodied and disabled, all doing it together at the same time on a level playing field yeah yeah uh, it, it's just it, it's a great sport and and so many sports also are geared towards people who have great hand eye coordination <laughs> and frankly i don't uh, or who are um physically um you know have to be really fit to do it yeah and and, and i'm not and i don't get me wrong it is a sport we're using muscles there's all sorts of things that you have to do, and, and physical fitness is, is an important thing, but not in the same way. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it's something that is, is very enjoyable. It, it's a great sport to to meet other people, yeah. and uh, sometimes I'll go along and I'll hard, hardly get any shooting in at all, chatting you know, <laughs> to people. Or, or I'm I, I'm a I'm a, a qualified coach as well, so just talking yeah. people through it. Yeah. But sometimes I, I just get to go along, and at the end of a stressful week
1: and just shoot yeah fantastic and woodworking what do you make with your woodworking
0: well woodworking is something that i've, I've really only i've always enjoyed diy and and uh, doing practical stuff that's, that's a skill i learned from my dad um but i've for a long time i've wanted to be able to do a bit more in the way of that and and we recently moved house to a, a place where I, i've been able to um, to have the space in the garage to, to set up a, a workshop, mm-hmm. um, a, and so uh, a, a range of things. I'm I'm still very much getting into into this, but creativity is something that is deeply ingrained, I think, into all of us because we are created in the, Im- in the image of of the author of creativity. Um, God is is the ultimate. Maker uh, in in modern parts, and so many people, I think, um, look at at art or music as kind of the only expressions of creativity. But there are so many, um, wh- whether it's something hands on like woodworking, uh, or whether it's something uh, slightly more, I don't know, cerebral like like computer programming or um or, or design or, or there are so many different forms of expression and creativity cooking um and, and they're all all wonderful mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. my one because i can draw for for toffee eat, <laughs> uh, not right. much better in the kitchen but, but practical stuff like woodworking yeah, is just really yeah.
1: and it's important isn't it to have something away from your work uh, yeah. you know uh, and i know you know in ministry um it's very difficult to, to, you know, 24-7, that's all you do. But actually to, to take time out and to, to do something completely different, it's actually really important, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Really important. Definitely. Now, you, you're on a sabbatical actually right now. Uh, and um, seeking refreshment and time out. And it's a joy to have you with us uh, down here in Salisbury. Uh, you've just attended the Precept Bible School. I, I know your wife, Lindsay, attended one last year. Now, did it refresh you or did it wear you out?
0: I think the answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, well, I mean, there's no denying that, that it, uh, doing a three-week course in three days is intense. Uh, and, yeah. uh, forgive us, please. Forgive yeah. <laughs> us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I can, I can safely speak for everyone on the course to say that our brains were full at the end of it. But it, it was um, very exciting. I, I mean, I, I, I love the Bible. It is, mm. it is a thrilling book. And, and so the opportunity to really get to grips with any part of it, um, especially when... W- one of the things that, that... One of the challenges that we have in, in churches is that we, most of the time when we read the Bible, we, we take one tiny section of it and, and really study that. Now, don't get me wrong, that's great. But what that misses, of course... Is the the bigger picture because the books of the Bible were read as entire books; they were designed to be read as whole things, uh, and so the opportunity to um, to take uh, a book, even a relatively short book like like Titus, uh, and and get a really good overview of the whole thing as well as really drill into it at the same time um, was was great. So I, I really enjoyed that. A lot of a lot of very uh, exciting skills uh, that, that we were exploring in that that I will go on to, to make use of um, very refreshing and, and of course the, the message of the book itself yeah is, it's yeah exciting.
1: yeah wonderful so what is it about the bible that is important to you and I know that you love preaching uh, I mean there may be some people listening to this podcast and thinking well yeah bible yeah you know so what why, why should I even open the bible read the bible um clearly it's very important to you. you 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 preach it sort of week in week out why is it important to you and why do you think it should be important to other people to read to get into and start you know taking taking it seriously
0: i, I, I think it's important is <laughs> the wrong word that's too dry a word it's just exciting um you know this this is this is a, a book or a series of books that is inspired by the God of the universe to, to, with, with the, the intention of letting us get to know him. Uh, and, and how could that not be exciting? Uh, I mean, as a, as, a, as a Baptist, there's not many things actually that, <laughs> that Baptists all agree on, but one of the three things um, that is the basis for the, the, the Baptist Union in, in Britain one of the three is that our ultimate authority is actually not the Bible; it's Christ, but it's, but Christ as revealed in the Bible. Uh, is an important distinction?
1: It but is a very important distinction absolutely. because we can worship the Bible, absolutely. but but you are. I'm so if pleased you, you mentioned... I'm so pleased you
0: Fourth part of the Trinity, and it's not.
1: Yeah, I'm glad um, you said that. Actually, yeah. But,
0: but nevertheless, uh, if it's Christ as revealed in, in in the Bible, then clearly it's going to be important to 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 read. Bible and get familiar with that so that we can uh, begin to understand uh, and be, become familiar with with God uh, and with with Jesus uh, but it's just you know it's it's got such exciting stories in it who, who doesn't love a story um, the, the, the the people that I love listening to most are the people who tell stories. The preachers I love listening to most are, are the storytelling preachers. The books that I love reading most. You know, if, if you ask me one theological book or at least set of books that has had a bigger influence on me than any other, it, it's it's not, you know, Karl Barth or, or uh, I don't know, some some of these highfalutin theologians. It's going to be the Narnia Chronicle. From C.S. Lewis had a huge impact on on my development. Still does to this day. Uh, They're stories, and sometimes we dismiss the idea of stories as either for children or, or or just fiction. And some of them are like like Narnia. But but how much truth is in that? Hmm. Um, and the Bible, of course, is is not just stories. There's a lot more to it than that. But there's a lot of stories in the Bible. Um, And and stories doesn't mean they're not true. Um, And a lot of them are are historically true as well. And and I just think they are so engaging. The extraordinary thing about the Bible is that the more you grapple with it, the more you read it, the more comes out of it for, for, you know, passages uh, uh, and stories and, and, and bits in it that you can be totally familiar with you've been reading all your life and you come to again and you think hang on where did that bit come from, I never read that I never saw that bit before, that's amazing Mm. it's one of the reasons I love preaching so much, it's because it gives me the chance to really study a a bit of the Bible and maybe that nobody else listens to my sermons at all but God speaks so much to me through them Um,
1: so yeah, fantastic. Do you have a favourite uh, book of the Bible, or or character, maybe?
0: Well, I, I mean, there's so many, and it's hard to pick. I'm 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 drawn to say Ruth. I think she's the the one that springs to mind. Um, she or it, you know, character or or, or book. Um, it's it's a wonderful. I, I partly I like it because it's short, and I'm a very little brain, and so I can get my head around that very very rapidly. Um, but it's just such. Well, here we are with stories again. It's such a wonderful story, true story of a, a woman of extraordinary loyalty. Um, a, a woman who wasn't even a Jew. She she was a Moabite, and it's a while since I've I've preached on on Ruth now. But from from memory, the Moabites were were not um, highly thought of by the Jews. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yet she becomes the, the the heroine of of this story um, as I say displaying amazing loyalty um, in, in a story that is profoundly uh, foretelling the gospel of christ there's there's a really great book um by Carolyn Curtis James called the Gospel of ruth mm. uh, and it's it's not quite a commentary, it's more than a commentary, but it's, uh, it's talking through the, the book of Ruth in a wonderful and very um, uh, unusual way. And I'd, I'd recommend anyone to to, to read it.
1: Mm, very, so Ruth, you know, there's that verse, I'm just looking at it now, Ruth chapter 2, verse 12, which, which I've got highlighted in my Bible. It says, the Lord repay you for what you have done Um, this is Boaz talking to Ruth and a full reward be given you by the Lord the God of Israel under whose wings you have sought refuge Uh, and so many other wonderful things and of course she's in the genealogy of Jesus yeah that's right there you've got a Moabitess not a Jew Jewess who's who we read in Matthew chapter 1 she's as you say you know in the uh, genealogy of jesus so it is a most incredible book it, it, it really isn't it, is. it really and boaz is. is a type of christ yep. and how he how he relates to ruth and uh yeah it's a love story of course That's right. um you know going from desperation to hope so yeah very human story but very um yeah wonderful story beautiful.
0: there's, there's other, other <clears words throat> that other verse that often comes to, to my mind when i'm thinking of ruth um, 116 she's talking to to her mother-in-law Naomi um, and uh, Naomi is going through this poor Naomi she she really suffers in, in this book she's been through the most awful stuff and um, she sends all her... Like her her husband's died her sons have no. died she sends her, her daughters-in-law off home and, and the others kind of protest a bit but eventually go but, but Ruth just refuses she says don't ask me to leave you and turn back like, wherever you go, I will go, wherever you live, I will live, my people will be my people, your God will be my God, wherever you die, I will die, and there I will be buried, uh, and it's uh, just, just
1: beautiful. Talk about commitment. Absolutely. Absolutely commitment. But we have, um, for those of you listening, um, we study Ruth in one of our precept Bible schools, actually, and the whole subject of Kinsman Redeemer. Uh, so if you want to get into into Ruth and join us for that and be taught skills to study, then please look us up on the website, uh, precept.org.uk. We'd love to see you there. Now, what about a favourite Bible verse? You have a favourite Bible verse?
0: Well, I, again, I, th- I think the one that I've been drawn back to um, many times over the last few years is, is from Acts 4. Um, the, the background to this is that the... The early church has been uh, growing, um, it's been exploding, you know, thousands of people have been uh, hearing about Jesus uh, from from the, the disciples uh, since since Pentecost, and uh, the, the the Jewish leadership are getting really worried about this, and so they haul uh, Peter and John in before the Sanhedrin, the, the, the council, and uh so what what's all, all this stop you've got to stop talking about jesus and uh peter and john say on your bike you, <laughs> you, you, you can't stop us talk, talking about jesus who, who are we going to obey you or, or god and uh, so the sanhedrin doesn't know what to do and they give them lots more threats and it doesn't specify what the threats are, but I mean, I, you know, it's probably fair, fairly safe to say they're It's going to be physical, absolutely <laughs> at, at, at best. Um, but 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 they can't do anything more than that because they're worried that the, that the people are going to riot. So so they, they they threaten them to stop talking about Jesus again and let them go. And people, Peter and John say, well, "We're still not going to stop talking about Jesus," and, and they leave. And they they go back to. Um, to the, the rest of the believers. Uh, and th- th- this is the first recorded prayer of of the, the, the church um, from Acts 4 um, from uh, verse 24 onwards and they, they go into this this long prayer you know, praising God and acknowledging how um, God has always faced o- opposition. Uh, and it, it concludes um, in, in verse twenty nine now Lord, hear their threats and and this is where you expect them to say, okay give, give, protect us uh, or, or give us wisdom or um, you know what are the other things that, that we pray about in in the church they would pray for healing or we pray for um, you know all sorts of things but but this is what the first recorded prayer of the church is. Now look we'll hear their threats and grant us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And after this prayer, the meeting, sh- the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they preached the word of God with boldness. Hmm. And I just and that's Acts four twenty nine hmm. to thirty one. What what a, a thrilling challenge an example to to us in the church today you know if if we were if we if we were making that our prayer and, and really meaning that and and then getting on and doing it because a lot of the time you know we pray and god says okay the answer to your prayer lies with you to go and get on with it <laughs> yes um, so i think
1: that's amazing yeah 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 well ian um I want to thank you for being on the podcast today. Uh, Thank you for your ministry. Uh, Thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. Um, As I said, you know, we said you're on your sabbatical. I really pray that this is a refreshing time for you. Um, Obviously, there's a lot going on uh, back in Scotland and your church and the building project. Uh, But I sense sense a, a real excitement and that actually God is going to use you as the leader of that church. Uh, not just in the short term, but in the much longer term, to bless a whole generation of people. So so just really exciting to see how it's going to develop. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You've been listening to Series 6 of the Bible and Me podcast by Precept Ministries. If you enjoyed what you heard, we would love it if
0: you could leave a rating or review. For more information on the inductive study method, or any of our
1: online resources or downloads, please visit www.precept.org.uk.
0: But until next time, thank you for listening.